0: We are continuing our study on scheduling, priorities, and the use of time. Those of you who have been listening to the last two broadcasts know that we have been talking about the great importance of getting control of your time. Of course, it's not really your time or mine. It's God's time. He has made us stewards of that time, just as he has made us stewards of our funds, our money. And we need to learn how to budget that time even more carefully, perhaps, than we budget our funds, because time is the most valuable commodity that God has given to us. We have said that it is very important to recognize that we do have the time to do all the things that God wants us to do. He never gives us one uh, item to do that he wants and requires of us to do that he does not give us the time also in which to do it. If we don't have time day by day to do the things that God requires of us, that's because we have failed to slice the pie properly. Now last time we talked about how to set out a list of priorities. We suggested to those of you who are new, I'll uh, repeat this, but we suggested that you put three columns on a page and that over each of those three columns you write down three things. In the first column, all the way to the left, we suggested that you write down uh, these words, uh, things to eliminate, and under that uh, title in that column, over a period of time, write down all the things that are sinful, that are wrong, that are of not very high priority or concern to you at all, that are just sort of a drag in life. And you can find out about those by just sort of carrying a little uh, notebook through a week or two and uh, jotting down all such things, and then getting them in your column. Over column two, we said, write down the words, uh, good things to do, and then list lots and lots of things that it would be good, and it would be proper, it would be holy and right to do, that you'd want to do, and that would be good for you and for others. That'll be a very long list, I'm sure. And then over column three, things I will do in order of priority things I will do in order of priority. And you take from Column 2 all of the things that you really should be doing at this time. You're going to find an awful lot of things that are good and that are right and that are holy and that it would be nice to do that are listed in Column 2 cannot be placed in Column 3 because no one human being at a given time in his life can do all of the fine and good and wonderful things that he might like to do. That's where a lot of our problems come. We stop with column two and we forget that we have to eliminate a lot of the good things that are possible to do. And we have to make careful selections according to the gifts, the opportunities, according to the needs, according to the responsibilities that God has laid upon us. We have to make all sorts of careful decisions about which items from column two we shall put in column three. So column three will be a very select list of items, changed from time to time as our priorities change. Uh, If you're unmarried, you have one set of priorities. If you're married, then your priorities change. You have a new set. If you have children, your priorities become uh, such and such, but then if the children grow up and leave home, then those priorities change again. And so column three is something we have to continually revise. Now, I also suggested that alongside of each item listed in Column 3, and the items should be listed in the order of priority, which comes first, which comes second, which comes third, that you try to affix a certain amount of time each week that you should spend doing the things that you have listed in Column 3. Now, take Column 3, and from Column 3, sketch out a schedule for a month. A monthly schedule lay out a schedule of what you ought to be doing and how much time you ought to be spending at it and when it ought to be done just draw up a big calendar like schedule and start listing things in you say oh my I don't want to schedule things I don't like to schedule and live according to a schedule that's too restrictive listen that's the only way you can get freedom that's the only way that you'll be free enough to really live in this life with a kind of relaxation, knowing that your time is being used properly for God. Who are you that you think that you don't need a schedule? You know, God schedules. God plans his work, and then he works his plan. In Galatians 4, 4, for example, we read that in the fullness of time, Christ came. He didn't come one minute too early or one minute too late. He came at exactly the right moment. That is, he came on schedule. And there was a schedule there was planning from the foundation of the world jesus christ was slain the scriptures tell us christ's death was no afterthought god had planned it from all eternity that his son would come and that he would die in the place of guilty sinners and that he would redeem those sinners and bring them to a place of honor and glory far above what they could have in any other way in daniel 9 verses 26 and 27 we read of the prediction of Christ's coming and his very death is, is mentioned and his death is mentioned as to the time to the very half year when he would die. Christ was conscious of that schedule and he did everything according to that schedule. We read, for example, in John 7, 6 that he said, My time is not yet at hand. That kind of language is the language that somebody who is operating by a schedule uses. And then, of course, he spoke later on of coming to this hour and my hour has now come there is no question whatever that God schedules and plans his work now scheduling is the route to flexibility be sure however that in your scheduling you do leave some fudge time some time that is just simply cushion time you see when you really have things scheduled then you have the possibility of moving them around If you can find another time that you have left, then you can open for just such purposes, then you can move events if that time is just as good or just as proper. And of course, it's only when you have items scheduled that you have anything to move. If everything is in chaos and you don't know when you have to do what, you can't really say yes or say no without feeling guilty. But if you can look at your book, if you can look at your calendar, if you can look at your schedule, then you can say yes or you can say no to people without any feeling of guilt, whatever, because you know that you either do have the time or you don't have the time to do it. That's where the freedom comes from scheduling. Now, you see, you're not a slave to your schedule. Your schedule is your servant. And so you can change it, revise it. You're going to need to change and revise it over a period of time to make sure that your schedule is right and it won't be all right at first. But if you prayerfully and carefully plan it together with your husband or with your wife and you continually continue to prayerfully monitor it soon you will find a very excellent schedule then stick to it don't ever fail to stick to that schedule if you find that you can't fit it then change it but only change it because of good solid reasons not because of anything else I think you'll find that scheduling is something really useful, really helpful, really worthwhile to you. First, start with your monthly schedule. Then work out a more detailed weekly schedule. And from time to time, consult what you're going to do each day and be sure that you understand what that day's schedule is to be. If you stay with this for about three to six weeks, you're going to find the awkwardness, the woodenness of it will wear off and you're going to have a kind of glorious freedom in knowing that you are doing carefully and prayerfully what God has required of you to do. Lord, help us to schedule to your honor for Christ's sake. Amen.